0: All right, and we're back. Uh life is cyclical, time is a flat circle, and we are ending exactly where we started with my buddy, comedian Seamus Millar. How are hey,
1: you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me back. I'm very happy to uh to uh, no pun intended bookend this uh <laughs> this fucking shit.
0: Man. You piece of fucking <laughs> shit. No, but I am excited. Podcast was, over. Yeah. <laughs> I was
1: excited because I, I listened to the episodes you did uh, after me and um, the part that i if you go back and listen to my episode listeners uh the part that i was alluding to was the fucking johnny walker ripping the cat's hearts out i was like when you get to this scene you'll know (laughs) you'll know what i'm talking about yeah it was fun to watch that happen you know
0: that was really gnarly yeah i still i gotta be honest even after finishing the book not entirely sure if i get it i'm probably gonna read down a bunch of uh analyses to see what exactly was what there but i mean i enjoyed the fucking ride
1: I'm not sure if he gets it, to be honest with you, because I I mentioned I read another one of his books this year. I read uh, the Wind Up Bird Chronicle, and I feel Mm. like he has this pattern of here's this really uncomfortable sex scene followed by uh, just the most horrific, violent act you've ever read or heard about. Mm-hmm. uh and he like it's a consistent thing with him where he's like all right this, these are my things i love pussy and blood <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got to respect a man who knows what he likes
1: knows what he likes <laughs> um
0: before we get too far where can we find you on social media what do you have to plug coming up
1: sure um so shambles murph is my instagram please come follow me um that's 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 all i'm really gonna plug i mean i have a twitter account at uh, a cool million uh but, you know, don't worry about that. Um,
0: I'll stop tagging that one.
1: Yeah. Well, I just don't use it that often, but
0: uh, I don't know. I don't. It sucks, man.
1: Have Wait, you I, I do like
0: haven't you like just tried hitting people up like celebrities up for money on there?
1: That's what my my Insta, my Twitter account is just a fake. It's just a dumb guy who's trying to get money to impress his dad. And I like tweet at fucking assholes. And they don't want to give up their money. They're too busy fucking being the worst. I don't know. Watching the Oscars, and eating Ben and Jerry's and telling me how I'm a fucking asshole. Fuck them yeah. fuckers.
0: Fucking snobs.
1: I woke <laughs> I woke up from a nap, and I was like, Ben and Jerry's are definitely pedophiles, right? <laughs> 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 they got something going on. Nobody puts that much shit in ice cream unless they're hiding something. No, uh, I don't know, but but I don't know. Um, yeah, if you had asked me a week ago, I would have had a lot of stuff coming up, but right now, I'm just back to reading books. I started reading uh, uh, 100 Years of Solitude, okay. and uh, that's where I'm at right now.
0: Nice. I will actually be – I'm using it as a leverage for my – fucking laptop right now but not now that i've finished this book and i'm going on my honeymoon i will be bringing the living dead which is uh george romero from the living dead films wanted to make a big book and then died before it was finished and then they hired some other asshole to finish it i've heard it's okay i'm willing to check it out that's cool yeah
1: that sounds good to me i, I remember there was like a period like in like it was like 2000 i want to say like 2000 to 2007 or 8 where like zombies were the fucking thing man like that's mm-hmm. all it was um, like The Walking Dead is great I love I love George Romero shit I do, I do remember some of the later films that he put out or I guess they might have just slapped his name on it I don't remember when did he die do you know
0: I think he died like 2011 2012 okay. but it, it was also like the span got quicker and quicker because it was like Night yeah. of the Living Dead in 69 10 years later 79 Dawn of the Dead uh six years later 85 uh day of the dead and then it was 20 years until land of the dead and then he had like three come out in five years and they were all terrible
1: they were he really started phoning it in. i remember i went to see land of the dead in the theaters and at the end they're just like zombies need a place to live too and i was like that sucks this sucks (laughs) i didn't like that message at all not even a (laughs) little yeah I I made my sister watch when she was like 8 years old. I made her watch the original Night of the Living Dead. She still hasn't forgiven me. But uh nice. Yeah, the scene of the daughter fucking eating her mom really really stuck with her for some reason. Oh, I was my, like, it's not scary. Come on."
0: My favorite is in uh the first 5 minutes of Dawn of the Dead. There is a gruesome like head explosion shot. Yeah. That uh, I actually went back. I've found out since they literally just like filled up a fucking balloon painted it to look like a dude with a beard and then literally shot it with a shotgun that's and awesome beautiful just that's pwah. awesome
1: yeah i bet all of those movies are probably really fun to make and be like in you know
0: oh yeah and i mean i i also can't hold too much of a grudge against him for like making those cheap ones later in the day because you know what happened with the copyrighted night in the living dead right
1: it's like public domain isn't it
0: yeah, so yeah, they so fucked like, making up making
1: up for a long time, or making up for lost time, baby. <laughs>
0: yeah, they fucked up. They used a title card for the movie that, like, ah, we don't like that. Let's let us let us try, <clears throat> let's try a different one. They put up a different one, and they didn't put the fucking copyright symbol on it. So it pretty much he the only money he's made off of that was like the kindness of strangers, like Night yeah. of the Living Dead fans. He has no legal right to it.
1: Well, so good for him. He fucking cashed in before he died. He was like, I'll give you zombies.
0: You fucking idiots want zombies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, let's dive into this, the final chunk of Kafka on the shore. Uh, Much like uh, last time I sent you the questions in advance, but I just wrapped up these notes like 20 minutes ago. So you're just going to have to trust me.
1: Fly by the seat of my pants. I want to ask you before we really get started, because I was super interested because, uh, I just want to know what you thought in general about this. Like, have you enjoyed Cause like the thing is I found this book really enjoyable, but I also understand why uh, I think people either really love him or I think he's polarizing. I would say.
0: I absolutely want to check out more of him. I, yeah, I like a lot of what he's going for. I actually looked up what some of the difference were differences were in the translation. So uh, there's like a Reddit thread. You can find people who are like native Japanese speakers, but speak English and have read it in both. So it was cool getting a lot of those perspectives um is,
1: was there anything that stuck out because i was curious about that too because i i i think that was the first book i had read that had been translated from a different language and i was really? curious like well you know I, I haven't been that big of a reader so you know it was the first time i came across something where it was like a translation and i was like hmm i wonder what is lost basically through this process like how, how, mu- how much of this is uh, artistic liberties being taken by the translator
0: yeah, you're never entirely sure. I'm pretty sure one of the first Russian translations I read was one of Dostoevsky's. And I have noticed every Russian translation I've ever read, it's very, very long-winded, which yeah. you don't know if that's a translation or that's just how Russian people are. Um, the few French translations I've read were pretty smooth. I don't, it's also hard to say just because Japan has been so influenced by Western culture, Oh, so God, yeah you can't even really say it's just that like maybe if it was a book from china but i mean you know this book was written fucking 50 years into the u.s occupation of japan basically
1: it's insane that you could think like you could fucking show like my grandfather like hey you guys are gonna bomb these guys well check out anime this is what you create this is what you end up <laughs> actually you know what? you end up creating nintendo and sh- actually nintendo was around but you, you fucking i don't know
0: I forget, I, forget which com- <laughs> <laughs> I forget which comedian made the joke, but he did say, like, I can't wait for 50 years after Iraq until w- when, like, dorks are really into Iraqi animation. And oh, your- that's awesome. Your yeah. friend jerks off to Iraqi women and fetishizes <laughs> them.
1: That's hilarious, dude. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's so fucking strange how um, that culture quickly shifted from sort of a uh, um, military powerhouse to sort of a... I don't know. what What is their... I feel like they're almost a cultural exporter now. But that yeah, well, I
0: mean, they really they really uh, established dominance again when they got into electronics. So it was like the 80s yeah. and 90s. That's when they really got ahead of us. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I find Japan very fascinating. I would it's, love to visit.
1: Yeah, I would too. I just actually read a book called um, Ask Iwata, which is about the, uh, the president of Nintendo that died. And it was interesting because they just have such like a, the culture is just so different from what we're used to in America like they were talking about at this guy's funeral his son went up and said my father was always very nice to me in the home and they were like well that's how you know he was a good dad because Japanese sons don't talk openly about their fathers like that Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: it's like what the fuck does that mean what does that mean (laughs) that's why I find so uh, interesting where you talk about like otaku culture and shit over there and again this is where you get a lot of uh, that unique that very collectivist like saving face Culture that a lot of Asia has But then the western side that it's had this whole time So they have this whole work culture There that's always been like you know Get a job work yourself to fucking death They literally have a thing in Japan Called retired husband Syndrome do you know what retired husband syndrome is No Basically the wife gets so used to the husband Working forever and ever and ever That they stay married for like 35 years Then as soon as he's retired he's around the house All the time they almost instantly get divorced
1: Holy shit dude yeah. Yeah, that's bizarre. And well, they got a lot of weird shit over there that like it just they like, seems to be taken for granted uh like the fucking um like the businessmen just getting fucking absolutely hammered and just sleeping in the streets and like people just yep. like, let them sleep. Let them sleep. They worked a really hard week. You know what I mean? Yeah, that all depends on the crazy.
0: on the boss you have. They have a culture where like if the boss wants to go out for a drink, you have to go. And if you go out drinking with the boss, you better not stop drinking until he does.
1: Yeah. Yeah that's fucking nuts dude yeah i mean so it's, it's like less. it's like a
0: fucking drunken patriarchy it's like my it's, it's like my family yeah.
1: <laughs> and that's the thing is that i think americans nowadays too because of the because of the cultural exports that they have you know in electronics we sort of think of them um, in terms of like uh, i think a lot of americans at least our age think of like anime and like all this other shit but meanwhile they still kind of have this culture that they had pre world war 2 where like like they they were going to fuck people up during world war ii like they were regimented oh, and ready they to go. fucked like,
0: up ask ask the people of nan they yeah, fucked people up they
1: were committing genocide and it's kind of like the drinking thing though where they were like well i'm not going to stop murdering until my boss does like you exactly. know what I mean? like you know and like that that culture still kind of exists over there but just it's in a different light it's interesting
0: Dude, they had in world war ii there were two generals who were having a contest with each other as to who could cut off the most heads and this was like highlights in the paper every week, like, oh, General Matsumoto got ahead with four more, and him like smiling with a decapitated <laughs> yeah. y- Yankee skull. Yeah.
1: They got like the Harry Potter system, where like they get four points to his house.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, oh, so brutal. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Oh, another uh, one more weird Japaneseism. So you know the uh, Japanese pornography; they don't show pubic hair, right? Yeah. Do you know why? Uh, n- no. It's our fault. Uh-oh. So here's, yeah, basically, uh, Japan's sexual mores, they were, like, pretty open. They were kind of like nature. if it, Like, women could walk around topless, that sort of thing. Then we showed up and tried to put some good old-fashioned American Christian shame on them. Mm. And it worked a little too much because yeah. that's why they still censor pubic hair to this day because yeah and they also like censor the dicks
1: for some reason
0: which exactly. is exactly
1: like, like you know i can see you're fucking somebody but you know it's a, a censor the dick we we don't want to be improper
0: <laughs> exactly i don't want to be improper while i shove eels up this young lady's anus okay
1: yeah yeah no my one friend this is just an anecdote too but my one friend uh he stayed in japan for a while and uh um black guy too so not not just like a creepy white dude i don't know why that matters it makes it less creepy sometimes. no i uh, <laughs> there, there, there is there is the stereotype
0: of the the fucking white dude who goes over there and yeah just the white dude just like, i'm
1: here to party <laughs> <laughs> no but uh he came back and he and i was like yeah hey man how are the women over there and he was like pretty good and i was like did do they do they actually sound like that in bed do they sound like they're crying and he was like oh for sure and also they have a fun thing he said where he was like they, they, it's like a cultural thing when they go, no, stop while oh, you're yeah. having sex with them. And so he stopped me and she was like, no, I didn't mean no, stop. I meant like, no, stop. And he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So maybe yeah. that was
0: just that woman. Who knows? <laughs> There's some weird shit going on in Japan. <laughs> a, little, a little bit like red light, green light. Just like, uh, yeah. Is, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God. Okay. Let's get into this fucking book. Um, Chapter 41, as Kafka heads deeper into the woods, he marks each tree with some paint, leaving a trail, feeling like he's being watched. He thinks about the soldiers practicing in the forest before World War II. Kafka's mind wanders back to Sakura and the night before. again. So, yeah, we we just had a dream rape scene before this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The hottest
1: kind of jury, I don't know. Yeah,
0: I don't think I've ever... Not real kind. Everybody in my dreams is consenting, because in my... Never mind, I'm not going to finish that sentence. Oh, um, no,
1: I'm with you, man. Occasionally, I have some dreams where I'm, like, not the consenting
0: party, and I'm like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah, it's... Oh, God. You ever had, like, a sex dream of something you were, like, not attracted to at all? So you're... But you kind of... then you have that moment, you realize it's a dream, man, and you're like, then why the fuck am I thinking this? I don't want this.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, I think it's probably because on some deep level, you do, Jesse.
0: On some deep level... I don't, think, re- <laughs> I don't think on some deep level I want to have anal sex with my cousin. <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> Look, you leave Cousin Frank out of this, okay?
1: I'll <laughs> just say <saying>, it. Text him. <laughs> see, see what he's into. <laughs>
0: so, Frank, you ever have any weird dreams about me?
1: Just, <laughs> yeah, he's like... Just you know, checking. I have this weird dream where you're fucking me in the ass. <laughs>
0: No, 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 I was the top I was the top Come on now, That's hilarious, man (laughs) I guess it's because he's older than me And I always felt like he outranked me in the family Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, he's probably got a good job (laughs) He He does, does. he has a
0: much better job than me There you go (laughs) Maybe somewhere in my subconscious It was like, no, no, I deserve grandma's kisses first (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus Fucking, okay So yeah, Um, so there's this dream rape scene Where he fucking rapes her or whatever right where he fucks his sister who again i'm still not crystal clear on it seems like everybody the the incest in that seems to be like spiritual incest yeah like something happened when this stone got opened years and years ago and a whole bunch of people got mishmashed in there spiritually and now everybody's each other's sister yeah or aunt yeah that's what happened with thanos too when he snapped a bunch of
1: uh, fucking in-laws started fucking each other and the fucking bunch oh, of wow. fucking cousin loving happened no i'm just kidding that's, i have that's... been
0: i've been missing out on these marvel movies yeah I didn't dude, they got they're there. hot
1: <laughs> they're hot but yeah no there, there's there's definitely like spiritual incest and like they kind of leave a lot of it ambiguous as to like is she actually his sister or or right. what's going on here
0: i will say before the end of this book i was really wondering like where the fuck does oshima fit into any of this but i mean we can we can yeah. get to that we can get okay
1: to that. yeah yeah yeah
0: all right, uh, again, oh yeah, Kafka's wanders back to Sakura and the night before. Again, he thinks that if he's already killed his father and had sex with his mother, he has to fulfill the prophecy by sleeping with his sister so he can be free of the omen. Because if you're going to have to, you might as well get it over with. Yeah. Uh, Crow, walking behind him, says that he shouldn't have raped Sakura even in a dream. block. Crow says that even if Kafka completes the parts of the prophecy, it will still be inside him, inside his DNA, his breath and confusion will be inside of him crow says kafka has to face the fear and anger inside him and melt the coldness in his heart and then he really will be the toughest 15 year old in the world he can reclaim himself kafka feels lost in a labyrinth feels hollow like there's nothing that makes him real crow has vanished and kafka wants to disappear as well he thinks the only way to escape the prophecy is to die he tosses away his survival and navigation gear and heads into the streets. Uh, so that's all I have for that section. Seamus, what were you like at 15? Were you the toughest 15 year old in the world?
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. No, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. Like, cause, uh, uh, I don't know, man, I was pretty lost and lost in the sauce. Cause like, I, uh, I, uh, I had a kind of a troubled childhood, um, that I won't like get into all the details here, but I'll tell you off. I'll tell you off Mike, but, uh, there, there was, I've always felt stunted because there was a thing that like, right, right before grade school, uh, I I don't know, man. It was just it was rough. And I, I felt like I was figuring out social shit for the first time, which is probably not a unique mm. experience for high school people. But it was like I, I didn't go through the I, I basically went from like grade school to high school. I didn't have the middle school experience where you're sort of figuring and ironing these things out mm-hmm. um, where like, you know, you're like, well, you know, I've never had a girlfriend, but I've kissed somebody. I said, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's just weird. Like I, I didn't have a really I, I my first relationship was when i was 18 and i was in college so it was just like a it felt like the four years of high school were me just like making up for lost time basically Mm -hmm. that sounds so sad for a fucking 15 year old to be feeling that but that's how i felt at the time no
0: i had a little bit of the same thing i uh my mom was very protective of me much to my not goodness my words are not coming to me right now it's hot no i hear you it's hot in here too yeah. yeah But um, I didn't uh, I didn't make any friends until I was like 13 because my, my mom sent me to like a school on the other side of town. Ta- <laughs> so all right, whatever, let's get into this. Uh, my mom's despite the fact that I lived a block away from an elementary school, our our toothless shithead neighbors said that was the N word school. So oh, Jesus, so my mom used my dad's address and sent me to school on the other side of town, except by the way, you're not allowed to leave the yard. So like I would talk to kids in school and then just never see them because I didn't live near I, them. Yeah,
1: I had a similar experience. So like I, I went to, a I went to a school that my mom taught at uh, from kindergarten to eighth grade, which was super weird because um, you can't you don't really get to grow as a person when your mom is in the building at all. Yeah. Times, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I felt like high school was that like uh, where it was almost like I was kind of attached at the hip to my mom till I was like 14 and then like 14, 15, it was finally like, Oh, I can go outside by myself. Like that was like a mm-hmm. fucking revelation. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. So, yeah. You
0: need, you need a little bit of like freedom. You need some space. Before yeah. that.
1: But her whole thing was she was, she, she's like, I don't know it's so weird i get these weird apologies from my family now that i'm like 30 where my mom was like i was just afraid you were going to leave me like my dad also like apologized, <laughs> on a side note he like apologized to me the other day for like getting circumcised he was like oh, i shouldn't have done that to you i was like what give me an awesome dick <laughs> what the <laughs> is what's the problem
0: <laughs> oh he's he, he he regrets maiming your little pecker i'm anti-circumcision so i'm i'm all about that well what's
1: done is done dude and i'm glad because look the amount of times like I'm not a great I'm not a great toothbrusher. I've been getting better lately because I found a program <laughs> on my on my phone that fucking tells you where which side of the tooth to fucking brush at specific times. But like, if I had to clean my dick, <laughs> like mm. it'd be fucking it'd be a nightmare.
0: <laughs> there is that point. I'm not incredibly hygienic. As a matter, of, I remember with COVID when my fucking fiance kept me every time I left the house and came back, she would ask me to wash my hands, and I felt like a petulant child. Every fucking time. Yeah. I don't need to wash my fucking hands. and barely I only petted a few dogs and right,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Pushed yeah. a guy or something.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. I feel like at 15. God, I I've, I've been thinking about this lately. Of just I was just so fucking lonely. I don't know what it was, but from like a young, young age, from like eight years old, it was just like I like girls and they don't like me. That was yeah. always just the story of my life. I don't know why. I think. Ugh, I remember, this fucking hurts, uh, like being eight years old and there was a girl I really liked and a, clearly I enjoyed movies too much because I thought big romantic gestures would work on a fucking prepubescent. Um, I I sang the Aerosmith song Angel to her mm. and, oh uh, boy, the the pointing and the laughing on the yeah. schoolyard. You know, I, should, I should, shouldn't have done that at recess. I, I should have gone somewhere a little more private.
1: Well, yeah. And the other thing, too, is like I like uh, I saw my dad every other weekend, but I basically just grew up with my mom, like for the majority mm-hmm. of the time. And so like that, that was the other thing, too, is when it came to women is, you know, uh, wh- how do I get girls? My mom's just like, just be yourself. Be nice. Be a nice guy. Moms like, are
0: the fucking worst. They telling don't know. You how to well, get yeah,
1: because they're telling you what women. Th- All right. This is going to sound bad. They're- my mom was telling me what women think they want. You Know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They think they want a really nice guy. I do, courted- I, I,
0: I do have a theory that once women have children, they forget what it was like, they forget their courted. past,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. they're like. Oh, he was really nice But he also did that thing Where he, like, negged me For, like, fucking three weeks Until, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> oh, dude, that's Alright, we're, we're gonna get A little sexist here I forget who the fuck I was talking with about But uh, I was talking about This guy who's, like Kind of a scumbag Is always trying to, like Bang every fucking girl He meets And I remember talking To this girl who was, like n- like, Nah, I'm not falling For that shit So we just fooled around once And then I didn't talk To him again Like, yeah, you sure showed him Giving the only thing He wanted out of you <laughs> yeah, Good yeah, fucking yeah job exactly yeah
1: you won yeah exactly yeah. that's the thing is like I- but I, that
0: always bummed me out when i heard that like oh yeah yeah well this guy negged me and he was a piece of shit and that's why i only dated him for six months and sucked his cock every day and then i got away like oh well fuck you for waiting that long
1: well yeah i mean i think i think i don't i mean it might be a controversial thing to say now but i think that men and women have different motivations and uh you know mm-hmm. m- women don't necessarily understand men's motivations and men don't necessarily understand women's motivations yeah, uh, but but literally sex is winning for guys. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes it is.
0: And you know, ah, oh, you know what the fuck the thing was? So I did I only saw my dad on weekends, but like we talked all the time and he didn't live that far away. I could see him whenever I wanted. And his whole thing he didn't understand like, you know, why do you want to date any of them? Why aren't you just fucking all of them? And pretty well what I realize now is my dad didn't have standards and he did just fuck everybody. But it was like I, I went to pretty girls. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I want the one rocker chick in my school at 2002. <laughs> yeah,
1: I remember when I was in college and I was dating this girl. And my grandmother told me she was like, "I think you're too young to be tied down." And I was like, "Fuck you, grandma!" But like, she was. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Fuck you, grandma. We're in love. There was no reason for me to be 21 and in a relationship. It's fucking anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, so how was I a 15 S- sad boy status, dude? For sure, 100. percent.
0: Hell yeah! Right, yeah. At, right, right at the peak of emo. It was a good time to be a sad boy.
1: Oh, it was just like, you know, when dogs chase cars, I would chase these girls. And then I, looking back on it too, there was a bunch of them that were like, I'm ready for this to happen. And I would just be like, I don't know what to do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Faltering at the go ahead is such a pain. Okay. Yeah, it's the worst. All right. Chapter 42 Nakata takes a seat in Miss Psyche's office. Miss Psyche asks if Hoshino is Nakata's friend. And he says that he is the first friend Nakata has ever had besides cats. Miss Psyche says she hasn't had friends for some time either, except in memories. She feels that memories are consuming her, holding on to memories has tormented her, yet she can't let go. Dude, meanwhile, are
1: consuming her?
0: Yeah, consuming that pussy, dude. Anyway, sorry. Right, right. Meanwhile, mean, meanwhile, meanwhile, Nakata has a mean wheel. Meanwhile, Nakata says he has no memories at all. Miss Psyche says that she knows about the entrance stone and that, in fact, she opened the entrance herself many years ago to try to hold on to her boyfriend. I wish I had actually seen a scene of that in the book. I know it doesn't work with the back-and-forth narrative between yeah. Nakata and uh, Kafka, but I think some hint of what happened there... W- it, like, it,
1: one off-chapter where it's, like, from her perspective. Yeah, if it,
0: if it was actually shown and not alluded to, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah that was kind of... A little bit confusing, but I mean, as Keep far it. as this book goes, probably not the most confusing thing. <laughs> as some as somebody
0: who started this podcast on Infinite Jest, I have such a higher tolerance for books that leave things a little open-ended because that whole fucking book is open-ended. Right. And right. not in a good way. It's in a... I'm going to explain a little bit of this and then you go fucking jerk off on a forum board forever trying to guess what happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where yeah. is this?
0: It's like, I know what happened. I just need to figure out the symbolism and whatnot.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Um, opened the entrance many years ago to hold on to her boyfriend. Nakata says that Miss Psyche can't stay. She says that for a long time, her life has been a string of meaningless mistakes, which she's chronicled in a series of files. She gives them to Nakata, asking him to burn them. After the library closes, Oshima goes upstairs to Miss Saeki's office. She is face down on her desk, dead. Although he had been prepared for this moment, Oshima feels overwhelmed with loss. He realizes that he needs to tell Kafka, but thinks that somehow Kafka already knows. So I'm curious what happens. Like, is she just... She said before that she's just, like, waiting to die. Yeah. And I guess she gives up these memories and then can die, but... It's it's weird how I
1: feel like in life there are those situations, though, where, like, especially... um, I mean, I've seen a lot of old people... As they go into like old folks' homes or hospices, and they die within a week, even though it's like they were fine two weeks ago. But they just, I think, like the will to live might actually be a thing.
0: Oh, dude, I had a buddy whose uh, father died of well, it started out as stomach cancer, but like when they found out he had it again, it was like everywhere. And pretty much after like they gave him all these treatments, like six months of treatments, like all right, let's go in and check it, and none of the tumors moved an inch. He he was dead in a week and a half like he just Thanks. gave like i'm i'm done fighting nothing worked that's yeah. it terrifying um you know what's funny i've been trying to i forget where are you on the uh, atheist afterlife scale do you think nothing happens
1: um so i was an atheist uh when i was in like sixth grade i was a hardcore atheist all the way through grade school and then uh well, yeah,
0: whatever you are in grade school, you're a hardcore whatever. You're a hardcore right. Pokemon trainer. Right.
1: Yeah. And now I mean I, I meditate twice a day. I uh I don't know, man. I I started listening to like Alan Watts and Ram Dass and all this shit in college and I started doing drugs and I just feel like the um presumption like it's very presumptuous of me to assume I know what the fuck's going on. I'm gonna I'm gonna bank on something, and hopefully something positive. I, I kind of believe in reincarnation. I've always believed in reincarnation. Uh, fingers um, crossed to a certain extent, right? But that, but that's also, but but even if that exists, in in my I, understanding, it's still got some horror to it because the ego still dies, mm-hmm. the personality dies. Like even if reincarnation exists, it's not like. Like, if it exists and we've both done it a bunch of fucking times, neither of us remember. So there's that, like. Oh, y- like-
0: y- you know, one of the things that one of my theories on the memory, again, this is nothing but, but this is no belief. This is all just hope in reincarnation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> is,
0: and it's like, well, why don't you remember your past life? Like, well, if you really think about it, how many days of this life do you actually remember? Yeah. Well, I've actually had it, I've actually had it kind of put that way. Um,
1: I, there's this guy, Sadguru. People probably heard of him. He's, I, uh, I read a book about his called Death, and he he basically like was explaining, you know, quotation marks, whatever you want to say, uh, about like the processes of dying. And basically he was like, um, imagine all the horrible shit that's happened to you during this lifetime that you like, you'll wait, you'll like right before you go to bed, you'll think about something fucked up that happened to you when you're a kid, and you you can barely hold all of the memory that you have right now. So imagine if you had to hold all the me- he was like, if you had if you could break through and see all of your past lives you would die immediately because you wouldn't be able to handle it that's what he said sure. i was like he was like there's a mechanism in life that basically keeps you from remembering this shit because it's it's like a protective lens basically until mm-hmm. you're ready
0: to handle it i like that aspect Uh, where i was going with that is i've been looking up like just death stuff lately trying to wrap my brain around it and i found this article by a hardcore atheist and it's like you know how to embrace oblivion like a champ and like he meant it and i'm like oh man that really meant something to me and then i looked up the bio of this guy like oh he's 24 fuck
1: this guy yeah right like yeah like and that's the other thing is like i also thought i was super fucking smart and like had figured it out when i was in college and i was like oh this is it like all this right yeah, you, shit you and... feel like
0: you can logic your way into shit like yeah you can yeah, explain but, it that way but then but then like especially
1: during quarantine I've, I've come to terms with like how my mind works and how um all of the patterns and shit that i've been working off of for like 30 years and it's like oh uh so, so it's like every year i used to think i was really nice and i used to think i was really smart and every year i think i'm less smart and i'm a lot less nice like i like not mm. not that i've changed it all but i'm just like Oh, you're actually, you've actually kind of been an asshole and you've kind of been dumb. (laughs) I just thought you were awesome.
0: (laughs) I feel, I feel like I am a kind person, but, uh, when I find somebody who I think deserves negativity, I am gleeful. Oh yeah. And hurting them. It's
1: so hard. It's so hard to not be like, you hurt me. Well, fuck you. I, Mm -hmm. you know time for me to become a monster yeah it's very Uh it's a it's a it's a tempting thing
0: yeah oh but one more thing on the atheism so like i uh we we pulled the plug on my stepdad i got to watch him die yeah and this is the weird thing because i i felt i was watching told me this when this happened oh yeah
1: this on boat mike yeah
0: dude i felt like i was watching a man's soul leave his body and it was a huge spiritual moment but here's the thing it didn't affect how i feel in like the day-to-day Mm-hmm. Like if I go back and I think to that memory, I'm like, I, I watched proof that there's something after this. I watched a man's soul leave his body, but then I, I just won't think of that when I freak out about death. Right. Cause I still, I, I still feel no connection to the universe myself. So,
1: yeah, yeah. It comes in waves for me. Like it'll come like every couple of years, like, um, and then it's so frustrating. Cause you just want to get back to that part where it's like, I don't think I ever. I went to the dentist the other day and he was like, do you grind? Are you grinding your teeth? And apparently I've been grinding my teeth for years. I didn't realize it because I just hold so much tension in my face. I never actually fucking relax. Even mm-hmm. when I'm like on vacation or relaxing, I'm constantly worried about this thing or that thing or whatever the fuck. And and so like, but there's been a few moments of time where I've almost like it, it done some meditation stuff and like broken the system. It feels like where I've been like, this is actually what relaxation is. This is actually how you're supposed to be functioning. Hmm. And then it goes away because you snap back into that pattern. And it's like, no, no. And then you have this fucking anxiety about Hmm. like, I want to get back to the place where I felt, where, where I felt good, but I wasn't there. Cause it's like an ego. There's a.
0: Right. That that wasn't, you feel you were, you were feeling the, you were feeling your ego release itself a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Not even all the way, just a little bit for me to be like, (sighs) ah, Fuck yeah. yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a great thing for anybody who uh, is worried about death. Go watch uh, Kevin Smith on the Joe Rogan podcast. It's not what you think if you hate Joe Rogan. Kevin Smith's mother like died on the table during a heart operation, and then like came back, and she he basically recounts her story, saying like I was like flat on my back and just moving in some direction, and then before I knew it, I was back and I was alive again. But I was somewhere. And he asked his mom, like, well, having seen both of them, which do you-? and she said, like, there, I was there Appreciate for three it. fucking seconds. I felt free in a way that I cannot describe. And if that's what's waiting me after this, I can't wait to get there.
1: You know what I'll do if that ever happens to me if I ever <laughs> if I come back after seeing some like paradise I'll just convert to a random religion to fuck with people. I'll be like it's
0: definitely this. It's definitely <laughs> this. Scientology knew it this whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zenu. Yeah.
1: Zenu was there. He saw me at the gate, yeah.
0: <laughs> Get some weird blizzard combination of like voodoo and fucking Islam.
1: Yeah, exactly Exactly. some <laughs> random shit I turned into a black Israelite actually <laughs> Yes
0: dude okay this, this will be the last anecdote we can go back with it uh, Me and Neil are in Atlantic City For my bachelor party we're walking down Like a couple of assholes we're walking on the Boardwalk in suits to go to a fucking steakhouse And there's a group of black Israelites On the boardwalk just yelling at us And one of them says like you tell me <laughs> I'm not going to do the voice You tell me white boy <laughs> You tell me white boy how do you make America Great again and just being comic, I just go like less white people. And he's like, yeah, like they were like very like, <laughs> wait, are we? Yeah,
1: that's how you, yeah, that, you know what you took, you took a little chip out of his armor and now you've, you, you de-radicalized that guy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he went and apologized to his adopted white parents yeah, the next day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Chapter 43. Uh, these these summaries get smaller as we go. Kafka has the feeling that the forest is a part of him, and he's actually that's part of the problem with these fucking notes is it's so few of it is action, and so much is like Kafka feels deep inside him right. the spiraling of his spirit. Uh, he's actually journeying deeper into himself. He thinks about his cruel father dying in the empty house. He thinks about his mother and her pussy, and wonders why she didn't love him. He remembers his mother leaving and thinks that if she is Miss Psyche, he can't understand why she would do that. Kafka feels himself turn into a black crow. Crow tells Kafka that his mother did love him and that by forgiving her or moving on, Kafka has the power to repair himself. He believes that his mother, possibly Miss Psyche, was scared and angry when she left, but he can't figure out why. As he thinks about it more, he grows more and more confused. Why is love so painful? Uh, two World War II soldiers appear. They tell Kafka they're soldiers who wandered off during training. They hope to avoid killing or being killed and have been hiding in the woods ever since. They tell them that they're guarding the entrance, which is temporarily open and follows them down the path. Seamus, Kafka's spirit animal... Fucking cars. Kafka's spirit animal is a crow. What is yours? Ooh, you know
1: what? I don't really know, to be honest with you. That's that's a tough question. Uh, I think uh, when I was a kid, I mean... I'm just basing off of what I wanted to be. When I was a kid, I always wanted to be a poison tree frog. I always thought
0: those things looked so fucking cool. Mm -hmm. Um, You could stick your tongue out and get high on yourself.
1: (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Nowadays, I don't know, man. I think um, my spirit animal. I don't know. I feel like everybody says, like, uh, when you ask the question of, like, what animal do you want to be? that's the same question like what's your spirit animal like, mm-hmm. what animal do you want to be and i feel like a lot of the times when you well the the,
0: the the difference between the two is spirit animal now is uh the only correct answer to what your spirit animal is is you are appropriating that from native americans you are a bad white person you
1: <laughs> yeah well i will say well i'll tell you this the only weird like uh which is know. funny
0: because my spirit animal is a native american so i don't know <laughs>
1: well that covers it all man yeah, you know,
0: yeah. a my... snake eating its own tail
1: <laughs> yeah my fucking yeah my fucking spirit animal is a skinwalker or whatever the fuck are, <laughs> what, are what are those things called when the the native american uh
0: like a chupacabra they can no Yana... they can like
1: where they could switch they could turn into an animal right is, is that the skinwalker is there's that a there's are? a
0: few i know yanaglachi is one of the names yeah. that's like their werewolf. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I don't know, man. Uh, that's a tough question. Probably like, oh, you know what I really like? Actually, it's not even an it's an insect. I really like uh, 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 what the fuck are those things called? Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, hold on one second. Let me look. Uh, Atlas moths. Have you ever heard of Atlas? moths? Oh, yeah, 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 dude. They're so fucking cool. They 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 uh, they've they've through evolution. They've developed this thing where they all have these this pattern of snake heads on their back. That, that's so mm. crazy to me that to just think that like over the course of millions of years, the ones that looked more like snakes just survived to the point where this fucking thing exists. It's almost like when people are like, your phones are listening to you. And then you find out that the algorithm is so fucking good that they're not actually listening to you necessarily. They're just they know what the fuck you want, like before you <laughs> even know it. And it's the same thing where it's like they have these fucking snakes on their wings They, they and they're beautiful. They're gigantic and they only live for a fucking week. It's crazy to me. They only it, live for a week.
0: Animals with short lifespans have always fascinated me ever since I first heard of that.
1: They just come. They fuck. They're here for you know, I'm here for a good time. Not a long time, baby. And then they fucking go out. It's great. What's
0: exactly. The- live like a mayfly. Go out, get laid, die.
1: Yeah. I had this lady at work. She, we had this conversation recently. Like, what animal would you want to be? And she was like, I'd want to be a tortoise. So I could live to be like 200 years old. And I was like, but what if those 200 years suck? You yeah. Know? I Because like or like she also said a house cat. And I was like, and I was like, I'm I'm getting a whole psychological profile of you right now where you're like you're you're very worried about comfort and you want it to go on forever, but that's not
0: like this all shit sounds. Ain't
1: guaranteed, baby. <laughs> yeah, this all
0: sounds like you're just trying to be lazy. You could be lazy, you know, you don't right. need to do that. So just because I will be using the video for this, this would be the Atlas moth. Yes, dude, you can yes. see the fucking
1: The fucking snakes, the snakes on their wings are so nuts to me. Yeah, yeah that's really fucking cool. beautiful. Yeah. I had a real, I had a real freakout moment where I went to the museum, uh, academy of natural sciences, and they had a bunch of those, and it was like an out of body experience. I was like, I love these things. I don't know why. I just found out about them five minutes ago. These are my favorite fucking things. It's crazy. It's awesome. So yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Atlas moth. Okay. Why? What would
0: you do? Um, I don't know. I would probably, I'd probably be like a fox. I wouldn't want to be anything that flies because I fucking hate flying. But uh, I feel like foxes are crafty. They're intelligent. You you always think they're a dog when you see them. You kind of look. You have to look at them and
1: figure out they're a fox. Yeah, I was gonna say that actually because one time I was in the woods by myself and this fucking I guess it was a fox, but it came out of the woods and it looked like a fucking giant dog. And I was like, I was hmm. the only one down there, and I saw it, and it like looked at me, and I was like, this thing is gonna tear my ass up. It was humongous, <laughs> and I swear to God, I said to somebody, I was like, I saw like a fucking, it looked like a fucking lion,
0: dude. It was huge. <laughs> I thought I was tripping. That's hilarious. Uh, All right. Chapter 44. Nakata says he has to take a nap, but afterwards they'll be able to close the entrance stone. On the drive back to the apartment, Hoshina asks, uh, thanks, Nakata, for changing his perspective. In the last few days, he's had more new experiences than his entire life before, and he feels like he looks at the world through Nakata's eyes now. But Nakata doesn't hear as he's already fallen asleep. The next day, Nakata dies in his sleep, which, first off, surprised me, but... It's funny that this follows the trope. So to the letter, uh, I'm watching Game of Thrones for the first time, and I've seen this in other shows. But the one thing, anytime if it's lost, if it's Walking Dead, if it's Game of Thrones, if anybody expresses appreciation towards somebody else, they're getting a fucking knife to the throat in <laughs> three seconds.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, they they finish their arc. They're like, oh, you know what? I, mm-hmm. Let me let me just iron out all these interesting qualities. And they're like, well, you're dead. <laughs> you're fucking yeah. dead.
0: Like so, you know now that I think about it I think my turmoil is done and I'm finally at peace. What's that laser on my forehead?
1: Right. <laughs> it's going hit by a bus or something, yeah. yeah. But I and really
0: it's... I re- oh god.
1: Oh I was just going to say I didn't realize this when I read the book but it it uh does the Miss Saiki thing, and then this happens pretty pretty close together, one same, apart. same
0: day, yeah. Like yeah. she she gives up her memories, and then he who has no memories destroys her memories, and then he's gone too. Yeah. Which, but I guess the the commentary with both of them is these are both people who were Miss Saiki has been ready to die, has been living like she was dead for a very long time, and it's only when she lets go of her past that she can be dead. Nakata right. uh, really has no past, and I guess having done this, he's. Good. I don't I don't know where the spirit of Nakata went. Part of me thinks it's Kafka. Like mm. the, the half of him that got pulled away on uh, Rice Bowl Hill, like maybe that became Kafka. Cause obviously Miss Saiki thinks that's uh well no no Miss Saiki thinks he's the soul of the boy who died. I don't know. I don't know where the fuck the other chunk of Kafka went. Yeah, me either. <laughs> hmm. uh, Nakata dies in his sleep. Hoshino feels overwhelmed by the silence in the apartment. He realizes he has to close the entrance stone by himself. Now, if he makes a mistake, makes a mistake, it could have dire consequences. Unsure what to do. Hoshino spends the rest of the day waiting for a sign, which brings me to my question for this chapter. Seamus dying in your sleep, overrated or underrated?
1: Uh, You know what? I think it's overrated. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's overrated. I Um, agree
0: with you, but tell me why.
1: Well, I, I would like to be, so here's the thing. I think like, um, from my understanding of death based on what i've read so first of all i'll say dying in your sleep has always scared me because my grandmother when i was a kid she did that fucking prayer
0: and my mom my dad did the same thing yes if i die immortalized in the song entertainment yeah i pray the lord my soul to keep if i shall die before i wake
1: pray the lord my soul to take and here's the thing though my mom grew up very catholic but she didn't raise me catholic so Mm -hmm. i had no context for this and i was like five and my grandma just started throwing i was like what the fuck is it what the fuck are you saying to me like i was like she was like you have to nap and i was like i'm i was convinced i was gonna fucking die like now like i was like is she getting is she know something i don't know i think that's probably why i'm not a great napper (laughs) oh same (laughs) same yeah
0: i still Um, pretty much every i never want to sleep i'm pretty sure every night i go to sleep i'm not waking up
1: i would like to be maybe semi-conscious for death i'm not sure maybe not
0: same i i, I want to see the light fading I out to
1: see what it is yeah it almost seems like you kind of get robbed when you're asleep because mm-hmm. it's like uh, you don't get to you don't get the experience of like you're already in a dreamlike state so when you you know if you just mm. if there is a transition it's probably not as noticeable as if you were going from a conscious state to a death state i don't know that mm-hmm. might just be fucking bullshit but
0: See, like, that's a part of part of what bums me out about my dad dying, aside from, you know, the rest of it, which would just be my dad dying. Uh, he died fucking overdosing, uh, mixing booze and painkillers. And then he went to bed where he literally just because he was so fucked up, he probably didn't have a moment of that. He was just right. fucking went down, went to bed with some fucking bar skag and just somewhere in the night. But part of the reason I think dying in your sleep is overrated is I think it's a big misnomer because you of like, oh, he died of a heart attack in his sleep. Like, it sounds like he probably woke up. Ter- you have right. any idea?
1: Right. Yeah. A no, I'm with fucking you. A,
0: a fucking cat <laughs> walking on my foot will wake me up. Yeah, I think I like- my heart exploding will give yeah. me a second. Like, oh, or what's like, that? It,
1: it was painless. It's like, yeah, I probably really sucked for a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, I think his wife is just a light, sl- a heavy sleeper you know
1: yeah so i'm gonna say no to dying in your sleep
0: all right good dying in your sleep kill your god's podcast thumbs down
1: there's no way out there's no way out that doesn't suck that's what people have to understand so you kind of have to just prepare and you can't people who want to die in their sleep are the same people that want to be fucking house cats and want to be Mm -hmm. turtles so they can live to be 200 you're looking to fucking escape the suffering but what if i told you that you absolutely cannot i know that's a bummer but like Mm -hmm. we all have to prepare for the fact that like death could potentially suck really bad it doesn't seem like there's any way out of this that doesn't suck
0: i honestly think suicide's the way to go i i think like you but get really re- it, it, it's not great but there is just a notion of like part of my fear of flying is just i don't know how to fucking fly i'm trusting it yeah. to some jerk off <laughs> who i probably wouldn't yeah. like
1: you're saying killing yourself is like me getting on a roller coaster and being like, "I finally faced my fear, <laughs> like, exactly." Almost. <laughs> no, I
0: don't. I don't want to give up my power. I instantly distrust the pilot, like I have some cloud queer thinks he's better than me. No, <laughs> not doing that. <laughs> I, we're joking, guys. But uh, yeah, I feel fi- like Hunter S. Thompson went that way. I mean, I think he fucked up by doing it with his like son and grandson in the house and shooting himself. It was like a shotgun, right? Yeah. Like uh, yeah, dope. and and, and oh, he was just like it was one of those it was yeah. hunter s thompson there were guns around we're lucky it was he didn't a use, cool gun though yeah
1: we're, we're lucky he didn't
0: <laughs> use dynamite for god's sake
1: exactly
0: but uh there, there is something to just being like you know what i'm i'm in enough pain i don't want to go through the decline like let me just make a stiff drink and kiss mr beretta
1: yeah yeah uh, i hear
0: you we'll see but then, you know, that you're not allowed in heaven. Too, though.
1: Yeah, you're not yeah, then you're at the river sticks and they won't let you across, but uh
0: yeah. <laughs> all right. Chapter forty five. Kafka follows the soldiers down an increasingly dark and overgrown forest path. Eventually they get to a handful of buildings and a couple of roads built on it. The soldiers take Kafka to one of the houses where they tell Kafka he'll wait here for a while to get settled in. Someone will come and make him dinner. Sounds like a pretty nice B and B. Um
1: Yeah, he's basically getting like spirited away here
0: in a way. <laughs> I don't know if oh yeah no he's he, he uh I, I haven't but i think i get what you're talking about um Alona-
1: what i know about fairies and ghouls and ghosts and shit is that never eat the food yep. apparently if you're on the other side and you eat the food you're stuck
0: yep they lure you in they make you comfortable they give you a fucking pineapple and then you're yeah. stuck forever
1: and then you eat some of the fey folk food and you fucking your soul's gone forever and yeah mm. you're you're just a missing <laughs> child your parents never know where you end up you're in the fairy land
0: That's it. Uh, Kafka falls asleep. When he awakens, it's evening, and he hears someone cooking in the kitchen. He realizes it's the 15-year-old Miss Saiki and that she can see him. She sits down with him as he eats the meal she's prepared. She also says she doesn't have a name, and she doesn't remember the library. She doesn't remember meeting him before. Kafka explains that he thinks he's there to meet her and one other woman. As she leaves, night descends. Uh, So here's an interesting question I came up with. Seamus. Would you date the 15-year-old version of your girlfriend? Not now, obviously. You would also be 15 or whatever your age difference is.
1: Yeah, you know, um, we're pretty much close to the same age. I don't think, I think that the 15-year-old version of my girlfriend was way cooler than the 15-year-old version of me. Mm-hmm. I've gotten, I've gotten cooler as I age because the thing is, I it's like uh, the Biggest Loser kind of where you're like, you can lose the weight so fast because you're so fucking fat same way where like i was so uncool that like i got progressively cooler very quickly meanwhile she started off from a very cool place so i don't i think i've gotten cooler than she has over the years i think she's still cool you Mm -hmm. you get what i'm saying but she already started from a strong base level yeah
0: you you um, know how you know how i can tell she's cool i'm always uncomfortable saying hello to her she always seems like she has some she has something better to be doing and i don't want to distract her
1: Yeah, no, she's, she's very, she's very nice, but she does have this intimidating aura that you have to like break through. I remember the one time I, the first time I stayed over her house and like, once I got into her room, I was like, oh, so you're actually like a girl. (laughs) You're like a fucking, you have this fucking, you know, you have this fucking, uh, outer persona that's terrifying
0: yeah like even even going into her room that first time a little party you had to be thinking like she's gonna pull out a razor and mug me any second now yeah
1: i was like it's gonna be like a tim burton set in here this is gonna
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude i i ser- there's a picture my fiance has shown me a few times of she went through like a, a rave phase And it's just this photo of herself with like fucking rainbow colored hair and a pacifier in her mouth and like striped leggings and a fuzzy backpack. And every time I see it, like I would not I would fucking hate you if I knew you at that age.
1: Yeah. And that's the other thing, too, is like I. So when I went to school growing up, I didn't grow up around a lot of like none of my friends. I had a couple white friends, but for the most part, I was the only white kid in like school, black kids. And uh, I just wasn't. Attracted to white people For a really long time <laughs> But uh, yeah so I, I like when I was 15 Like white girls were just kind of like a blind Spot for me so mm-hmm. uh, I mean that's a weird that's a weird anecdote But
0: you know yeah, It, it, worked it, out. it, it, it <laughs> it makes sense you know who you grow up around it's going to be your i had different
1: it was weird because it was almost like i had different beauty standards almost because i was like engrossed with people who were not white and i like looked at that as as beautiful and and white people i just thought of like my family you know what i mean so i was like true yeah so uh so yeah so at that time when i was 15 i i would not have probably even approached her to be honest
0: with you Hmm. okay uh chapter 46 Hoshino spends a listless day in the apartment trying to figure out what to do with the stone. I really relate to Hoshino. Like, he, I like him a lot. He, it, 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 I can't say it took a while for him to grow on me. It's just there were a few people that had come in contact with Nakata, and it wasn't clear if any of them were going to be important because they're just kind of right. there, yeah. and then they're gone. But Hoshino, and, yeah,
1: and he sticks around out of nowhere, and you're like, oh, he's a great character.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he seems like a really cool dude. And I really relate to him just like, okay, I have to finish the work that my master has done. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'll I, if I just fart around for a bit, I know it'll come to me. Right, right. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> no, I like I think it, uh it's so I think Oshima and uh uh Hoshino are my favorite. Hoshino's his name, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're, Hoshino. My they're, they're my two favorite characters of the book, honestly. I think they're I think they're much more interesting than um uh, Kafka and uh, Nagata. To be honest with
0: you, I, I really like Nagata. Nagata's got to be my favorite out of all of them. But uh, yeah. Hoshino and I think I just like the whole story arc there much better.
1: Well, well, I will say Oshima is my favorite character in the book. I, mm. I I think I think that that character is just so cool, yeah. um, and also subtle. I mean, I I, I didn't hear oh, the, the,
0: the, 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 the the simple fact that they introduce that he's basically a trans man, and then it just doesn't really come up.
1: I know, and I looked up, this book was written like, I think like early, either early 2000s or like late 90s, and I was like, mm. dude, if they wrote this book today, they would have been like immediately like, Oshima, a trans man walks up, you know, and it's like, you know, you yes. know, like this, it was just Osh- sort of like, it, it didn't matter.
0: Mm. Oshima transes in and corrects somebody for... <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: We don't have fiction and non-fiction here. Fiction... <laughs> <laughs> Literature is a spectrum. Okay. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh. Yeah.
1: They would have made a huge deal out of which bathroom he used. Like, yeah. I'm like, all right.
0: Actually, the biggest, the biggest thing they make note of is when those, those two uppity bitches come in and start complaining about the, I
1: know. And then he fucking slams, dun- slam dunks them. Doesn't he? <laughs> That's
0: right. Uh, so, all right. This is a weird thing. I will admit is that knowing this book is originally from Japan. When I originally read that scene, even though knowing it was all Japan, all the people are Japanese. I pictured two white ladies walking in. <laughs>
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, that I mean that 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 trope is a real thing in America because I mean it's a real thing in America. Ooh, clip mm. that what sweat stains. As a guy, I do too. But uh yeah, no, I I I could totally see that. I could totally see that. I mean, you'll see them. I work at a customer service place where a lot of families come in, and you mm. you see them come in, you know who you're gonna have a problem with right off the bat. <laughs> you know who you're gonna have a problem with right off the fucking bat. <sighs> okay. Uh, Actually, he, can I tell you a story real quick? Real, real quick yeah so um speaking of which i had a fucking karen lady come yell at me she was i am i'm
0: so thankful for the term karen we needed that term
1: (laughs) so yeah i mean it's perfect but uh so she came in and she was yelling at me or she asked me if we uh validated parking and i was like oh we actually don't um and she thought that she handed me her stub but i i did she she didn't hand me anything Mm -hmm. and she walked away and then 20 minutes later she comes back up to me she starts yelling she's like you, where's my ticket? Where's my parking ticket? Where's my parking ticket? And I was like, excuse me? And she was like, I gave you my ticket. And you didn't give it back. And I was like, I didn't take anything from you. If you lost it, I can help you look for it. Like, that's not a problem. Like, I'll come around and, you know, and I'm helping her look for it. And She's yelling. She's like, how am I supposed to get my car back? How am I supposed to get my car back? Like, you're not the first person to lose your ticket. Clearly you're mm-hmm. not from the city because you're fucking freaking out about this. Like, See,
0: you know that, that. just a brief interjection. That is one yeah. of the thing with Karen's is that in the, they are, they believe in this authority so much. That's why they're willing to wield it. Cause I would think just myself, just like, Oh, I lost my ticket. Like, I'll figure it out, but she's clearly coming to this from a thing of like, I'll never get my car back and my children are going to die in this right, parking right. lot yeah, because then- that's the, that's the authority structure.
1: Yeah. And I was like, I didn't take your ticket. And my manager was there and she was like, yeah, he didn't take your ticket. You're good. Like, and I was like, okay, I'm back. Cause I have fucking like ADHD. So I was like, maybe I did take it. And I didn't realize it. Mm. Fucking. Then her friend starts walking back over and she's like, that's the guy right there. I took your ticket. That's the guy. And they're like making a fucking scene. Right. And I was like, I don't have it. I'll keep looking like, Oh, I am starting to doubt myself they pull it out of their pocket, and rather than apologize or anything, they just disengage and walk away like robots, right? Didn't even say sorry. I was like, what the fuck? But then two hours later, right, lady comes back up to the front desk, and she tries to act as if uh, none of this ever happened. And she's like, hey, has anybody did anybody leave reading glasses here? I lost my reading glasses. And I was like, give me a second. I'll, I'll check. And I go in the back, and I see this pair of reading glasses sitting right there. And I come back out, and I go, nope. Haven't seen him. Ah. <laughs> That's Good. front desk justice, bitch. That's why you gotta be nice to people. <laughs> Go buy some new reading glasses, you old fucking cow. <laughs>
0: <sighs> Info desk justice is so, mm, ah. so satisfying. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Okay. Um, oh, so Hashino tries talking to the entrance stone, telling it stories about girls he's dated, because the fucking entrance stone likes hearing old pussy tales. Uh, <laughs> In the afternoon, he puts on the Archduke trio, telling the stone he feels like the song is speaking to him. I need to look into that more and figure out what the fuck it is about that song. Uh, There's oh. a ton
1: of music that's mentioned throughout this book that, like, I almost want I'm I'm pretty sure there has to be a Spotify playlist of all the songs mentioned.
0: What did you think of my rendition of Kafka on the Shore since you listened to my episodes?
1: Uh, which one was that? Was that the. I think that uh, was episode
0: three. It's the piano thing that opens it.
1: I did like. I liked all the ones you did. I liked the cat one, and I liked mm. the. Uh, yeah, I did like that. I think that was the one before Dan Oshrov's episode, right? Yes, I, just, I remember. I remember being like, "Oh, yeah, that's that song. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I was into it."
0: You know what was funny? I looked up a few people recorded renditions of that song, and despite the fact the book very clearly says it's played on piano, and none of the versions I found were played on piano. Mm, yeah, Fucking people, people. missed that detail. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things in the whole fucking book. So he puts on the Archduke Trio telling the Stone he feels like the song is speaking to him. A black cat jumps onto the windowsill and Hashino comments to the cat that it's a nice day. And the cat fucking says like, yeah, it is a nice day. So now he can talk to cats. I loved that twist so much.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I love that too. I love the whole, the, all the conversations with the cats are interesting because...
0: uh I think um, I, I like how there's the one shitty cat that just beats this shit out of a special yeah. one.
1: Oh yeah, they're just like, yeah well, he's just a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah I was a big fan of the way um, the way and w- the way the cat spoke in this book where I was like, this feels very much like I've seen, people do takes on this before but this felt like oh yeah this makes a lot of sense this seems like how they would actually fucking talk when they talk
0: but the question i had was if you could talk to a cat any but your cat uh what would you ask it
1: i'd be like yo do you not see that i fucking have this specialized water bowl that i paid for where it's it's a fucking (laughs) stream of water because this bitch always wants to go in the shower and it's a problem like 5 a.m she'll wake me up because she wants to go in the shower i'll be like what's wrong with you you know i'm you know i'm taking care of you right <laughs>
0: <laughs> i would i would love to ask you know it's funny it's our cat but i it, she is in love with my fiance i would love to ask our cat do you actually think she, she's your mother because she acts like it
1: yeah that's interesting too
0: also yeah. all of my animals have she just said yes from the other room um <laughs> all my pets have been f- fucking weird are you talking to me never mind all my pets have been acting so which one the cat or your <laughs> but that's the thing they've all uh, well you got to keep in mind, i have the two rabbits too oh yeah
1: the two dude rabbits right
0: last night like
1: i didn't mean pet i meant which one was talking to you that was what I, oh yeah. it's
0: the <laughs> good point yeah. um not so last night the cat is like we have this closet door that like doesn't really go anywhere it's a little cubby the cat is never near there and it's looking underneath the door trying to see something there and both my rabbits are on opposite sides of the room and they're thumping which like what they'll do is they'll just stomp their foot down and it means they're trying to get your attention but for the first time ever they're going like back and forth and both their ears are like at attention like there's a predator nearby there had to be a fucking ghost in the house there's jesus they were all acting so strange all at once
1: yeah i that would be terrifying if you could talk to your cat and they're like by the way ghosts are real i see them all the time like, <laughs> fuck you'd be like yeah i Be like hey what's your favorite part of living in this apartment with me oh your dead great aunt that sits on the couch all the time like that would be so fucking like, yep. scary <laughs> gave me chills <laughs> just thinking about it although if she's hanging out god bless love her to death
0: yeah i would hope a closer family member than a great aunt then again you know what the afterlife is long eventually you'll be like let's See what my brother's yeah. friend is up to. I don't I, know.
1: I, I just happened to, I was very close to my great aunt. I was, it was weird. I was closer to her than my grandma. I was No. Thing.
0: yeah, yeah. But it's cool. Uh, Sometimes you yeah. get a shitty grandma and a good great aunt. And yeah, and,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and she would always fucking, my grandma would always say mean shit to her. I remember I came in halfway through a conversation they were having one Christmas. I don't know what the context was, but my grandma was like, you know, she doesn't know what a lesbian is. <laughs> and I was like, all right, okay, cool.
0: Wow. To, to be yeah. there, a fly on the wall for the beginning of that conversation. Exactly.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: I saw a lady with a very short haircut. What was <laughs> <laughs> going on? Yeah, exactly. Um, so one of the weird, ch- only the second one that isn't numbered, the Boy Named Crow chapter. The Boy Named Crow encounters Johnny Walker. The man tells him that he makes flutes out of the souls of cats, and he's traveling to where he can make the biggest flute of all. He says that the forest where they are now is like limbo. The man has died and is now a soul in transition. It's impossible for Crow to hurt him, he says, but invites Crow to try. Crow pecks out the man's eyes, but he just laughs. Crow rips out his tongue, and he continues to laugh, now soundlessly. The wheezing sounds almost like a flute. What the fuck do you think is happening here?
1: Dude, I honestly forgot about that scene until you just brought that up. I don't know what the fuck's going on here, because the thing is, like,
0: they get I, way I, more in detail than that. He tears him to fucking shreds while he just right. laughs.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know if Murakami knows what's going mm. on in some of these scenes to be honest with you. I think uh I think I kind of was the whole crow thing did nothing for me in this book. It kind of felt like
0: um Oh, that was the other theory I had. Maybe maybe crow was like the spirit of Nakata that got away. Ooh. Um, maybe I don't maybe know. know this is there's such a time ahead. there's such a time span that fucks everything up,
1: yeah, I think, and the thing the problem is, I mean, you texted me, uh, this is the last episode, right? like you're done. This is the
0: last closed one. Closed we're closed. done. you Spore texted
1: up. me, and you were like, well, I hope this ending brings it all together, and I was like, ha <laughs> he leaves it all ambiguous
0: <laughs> I, I think it does enough. there's at least like there's at least some semblance of closure, even if you don't understand yeah. everything that yeah. happened. I mean Second yeah, there is happened.
1: there is something ends but you're like I don't know what it is and I'm not going to get the answers yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, chapter 47 in the morning the young version of Miss Psyche comes and makes Kafka breakfast she tells him soon he'll become a part of this place she also says that she has no memories at midday the middle aged version of Miss Psyche arrives and sits with Kafka for a cup of tea so the 15 year old version leaves and then the old version shows up she tells him that she burned up all her memories so she won't be able to talk for long She tells Kafka that it's important that he leaves from the valley. He asks again if she's his mother. She responds only that she once abandoned someone she shouldn't have and asks if Kafka can forgive her. He forgives her and in his head forgives his mother and feels as if a frozen part of his heart has crumbled. Miss Psyche pricks her arm with a hairpin and lets Kafka drink some of her blood then leaves the cabin. Which again, I guess is a very mother, you know, drinking the milk even though it's blood. Yeah. You never drank your mother's blood. You're missing out. Come on.
1: No, never. That's why I have high. Not yet, at least. (laughs) That's why I have high.
0: That's why I have high iron levels. Uh, (laughs) Kafka walks out to the forest where the two soldiers are waiting. They tell him the entrance is open and to follow them quickly, not looking back. Somehow, Kafka stumbles back to the woods to Oshima's cabin, feeling as if waves are overcoming his mind. He slips into sleep. Seamus, do you have a place you were tempted to stay forever?
1: Uh not really to be honest with you i feel like i'm almost stuck in philadelphia uh tempted to stay forever uh you know what i'll say this i was tempted to stay in a relationship forever the, the, uh, I I'm, like, yep yeah i think that i'm sort of the person i've i've never broken up with anybody i've only been on the receiving end of uh well i mean maybe arguably i have i've stopped talking to people but uh but, no, I, I feel like I was just sort of set and ready to be like, I'll just stay here forever. I just won't move. And I feel like the same way about um, all throughout grade school, I remember being like, I should probably go to a different school, so I'm not going to the school my mom goes to or, I you know, whatever. But I just – I do find myself – it takes a lot sometimes to motivate me to, to, to move. Like, for, for me, like, a stand-up was, like, the first thing I'd ever done that I – felt like i pushed myself to do that i didn't have to do, do you know what mm, i mean mm. and it was like this thing of like uh for me just like the motivation is 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 hard to come by sometimes yeah
0: okay yeah i get that i uh i mean shit my biggest re- my longest relationship i was ever in including the one i'm in now was i was on and off for like eight years and you know she had health problems and was not going to have an easy life but i was like yeah fuck it i'm an idiot i'll i'll stay and sacrifice my happiness for you you know good catholic boy shit and thank god (laughs) it's it's that weird shit where it's like i will stay with you forever but I'm not going to be a pushover. I'm still going to go live my life. And they decided they wanted to push over more. So I got cut free and I met the woman yeah. of my dreams and now I'm going to fucking marry in two days. Yeah. And my life would have sucked.
1: It was also uh, hard for me to, I had a lot of anxiety about moving out initially uh, when mm-hmm. I, when I lived at my mom's house, cause it was just me and her growing up. So we, we did have this like close relationship and yeah. I almost felt like a, there was like a mutual dependency there that probably wasn't that healthy. Um, but I remember like uh, when uh, my, my, my girlfriend, uh, was like, Hey, come move in with me. I was like, shit, if I don't do this, I'm going to fucking regret it. So it was like almost a thing of like, uh, I only move when it, when it's when the train is coming right at me. (laughs) (laughs) Daredevil. Exactly. Yeah. All
0: right. right. Chapter 48 coming to a close here. Uh, the black cat named Toro offers to help Hoshino with the stone. And there's a whole thing where Toro is uh, named after like the fattiest part of the tuna. And his his owner is a tuna sushi guy, and feeds a cat very well. It seems like a really good life for a cat.
1: Yeah. Oh, is that why the fish are falling from the sky? Do you think to, be, to feed the cats? I had no idea. What it m- it must be that.
0: some relation. But then, what the f- how the fuck do you explain leeches? Other than he wants to hurt right. the people beating up that guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Toro offers to help Hoshina with the stone. Toro says that Hoshina will need to kill something that's trying to get through the entrance. He can't describe it, but Hoshina will know it when he sees it. Late at night, he hears a rustling coming from Nakata's body in the other room. A long, pale, thin, white object is emanating from Nakata's mouth. It's as thick around as Hoshina's arm and glistening. Hoshina tries over and over again to stab the creature, but it immediately heals each time. Uh, that note's actually a little wrong. It's like the, the form like just kind of moves around it and then like returns to shape whenever he pulls it away. Mm-hmm. Panicked, Hoshino realizes that he must close the entrance stone before the thing can slither over. It has once again become impossibly heavy and Hoshino strains every muscle in his body to flip it over, but finally succeeds. After the stone is closed, it's fairly easy to displace dispatch the creature. Uh, Hoshino, I think, actually picks up the stone and crushes it with it. Hoshino then cuts it into small pieces and bags them up. He realizes it's time to go home. In a way, Nakata will live on through him because he knows that from now on, he will try to see things from Nakata's perspective. He's almost a container for Nakata's soul. Hoshina leaves the apartment. What the fuck do you think just happened yeah,
1: well, here? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what the fuck? Uh, I don't know. Well, it's weird because it almost seems sort of like a spiritual, non-physical thing at first, but it's climbing out of him. But then he cuts it up and puts it in the bags. And doesn't he like burn the bags or something? Or he disposes of them somehow, doesn't he?
0: I think he plans to, but he doesn't actually.
1: Yeah, but it's weird that they're, it's like a physical fucking thing that came out of this guy. I have no fucking clue. Like, it. to me...
0: It, it seems like it had to be Johnny Walker trying to re-enter and become something else. I don't yeah, know how Mr.... Na- Walker was. Yeah, I don't know how what Mr. Nakata's mouth became the portal to that other world, but...
1: Right, yeah, or like... Yeah, it's just so, like... I, I think the episode you did with the uh, the the drunk guy book club uh, mm. guys um f- they kind of nailed it I think when they were like you finished reading it and you're like I really enjoyed reading all that but I don't know what the fuck I just read like that's kind of yeah. how I felt where I was like I just kind of at a certain point just kind of gave into it and was just like I don't know what the fuck's going on I, it's cool that's a cool ending I guess but like what what uh, yeah what, it took what me you very, very very
0: very cronenberg like yeah. body horror um, yeah. I, I I think it had to be somehow the spirit of Johnny Walker making it from one way to the next. I almost wonder if Crow was not destroying Johnny Walker out of malice, but maybe like that was just his part to play. He had to tear him apart to right. free him from limbo, where he could escape again. It was. I'm almost one. I almost want to look back and check. Like, did fucking Nakata eat something at some point? Something symbolic. Mm. That. Yeah. The, the, the mouth is just so weird
1: i think you nailed it where you almost said like crow was just kind of playing his part because i kind of get the sense throughout most of this where it almost it almost he doesn't up front address it but it does feel like a lot of this stuff is fate there's a lot of yes uh, well it is he actually does address it because there's there's you know um uh kafka is like faded to do all this oedipus stuff and mm. then you know nakata is faded to do all this other shit and johnny walker's like you have to kill me and all this stuff so maybe there's like a it, there's definitely this impression that there's some sort of game afoot that we are, are not aware of and maybe none of the mm-hmm. characters are either too like things are just playing out in sort of a um, like the physics of whatever the fuck is going on is beyond yeah. our understanding
0: i want to figure out what the fuck was up with the flute like i was waiting for a better payoff on the yeah. soul flute
1: yeah i don't know what what's up with the soul flute man yeah i don't know that scene was so scary that's a fucking yeah he's ripping the cat's heart out i remember i was reading this book next to my girlfriend and i got to that scene and i was just like what the fuck i was like can i explain this to you i think I got really <laughs> drunk. one time i think i got really drunk and explained this book to her for an hour and she was like all right you can stop <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right uh final chapter 49. To Kafka's surprise, it is Oshima's brother who picks him up from the cabin. Again, very random. We've heard about this guy Sada the whole book, and now he's just here, doesn't do much. Yeah. Um, well. Okay. Uh, on the drive back, Kafka says he wandered into the woods, even though Oshima warned him not to. Oshima's brother said that he once did the same, but they both agree that it would be impossible to express what had happened to them out loud. And Oshima's brother pretty much says, like, oh, yeah, I was trying to do this whole thing with my life. And then the forest thing happened. And that's when he said, fuck this and just became a surfer. And uh, which, by the way, I was picturing Sada as Shinsuke Nakamura because I know he's a big surfer guy. That's the okay. WWE wrestler. I know that. Yeah, yeah, oh, great. yeah. It, he he is pretty much said, like, no, the only reason I am still with WWE is because I get to live in Florida and have great surf weather. That's pretty much it. I do
1: think like, I do like this scene where it's just like a nice relaxing ending almost where the surfer guy picks him up. Cause I feel like for me growing up, I had a lot of anxiety about travel and stuff like the, the fucking, not, I, I've been alluding to this throughout this podcast, but like my parents got divorced when I was like three or four. So I almost always felt like I was kind of split between worlds almost where like I have this one life and then I go to my dad's, and there's completely different rule set. Yeah, And it's, it's just, um, it's really scary for a kid. And it's kind of overwhelming. And I remember, though, the feeling of, like, uh, after trips or my dad dropping me back off to my mom's house was like this, like, oh, I've been tense all weekend. And you finally get to just be like, ah, it's over. And there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what, like, dying is like, man, where you're just like, I'm just going home, man. It's all right. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's the best feeling in the fucking world where you've gone through something potentially traumatic and then you're like the surfer guy's here to pick me up <laughs>
0: dying, dying is like going on a walk and suddenly getting like horrible stomach pains and then you just shit and you're you're free yeah,
1: yeah that's that's just, the
0: closest <laughs> to relaxation as i've ever gotten
1: <laughs> yeah well shit is great man yeah
0: uh back at the library oshima tells kafka that miss psyche died of a heart attack he says he believed it was predestined as did miss psyche Kafka says it's time for him to face the police and return to school in Tokyo. The two say goodbye, promising to meet again someday. At the train station, Kafka calls Sakura to tell her he's going home. She tells him she had a dream about him, which was distinctly not rapey, uh, but he was wandering around in a labyrinth-like house. When they say goodbye, Kafka calls her sister. On the train, Kafka... Why did she jerk him off? Did we ever get that...
1: I was just thinking that because she goes, "Wouldn't it be great if I was your sister?" After she like fucking took off, yeah. And then he's like, "Bye, sister." I don't know. Maybe they're just into that shit. Maybe. He's like, "I was stuck in the, I was stuck in the dryer."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude, the funniest meme I saw. You remember when that uh, boat was stuck in the Suez Canal? (laughs) There was just there was just a two panel meme, (laughs) and it was just the boat like oh i'm stuck and then it's a tugboat on the back like step boat what are you doing like oh my god (laughs) guys look up stuck porn it's uh i here's the thing i i get it but it's how is it not rapey it's uh look i don't
1: know porn is getting weirder and weirder man it feels like it feels like you know how in the um beginning of the internet there were all these interesting websites you would go to and now i feel like people just use like instagram facebook and like it's been homogenized into like just specific apps i feel like porn is doing the same thing where it used to be like all these different things and now it's just like everything is stepbrother porn and Mm -hmm. everything is like it's all gonna be i'm stuck in this stepbrother because the algorithms have just figured out like no this is the
0: thing (laughs) oh yeah but also that's the other thing with the internet is uh I remember somebody making this analogy about music where like pretty much if the internet exists in the seventies, like, A band like Led Zeppelin probably isn't huge. That's just like the closest thing to everyone's taste that's widely available. But now you can, like, it's why bands in general aren't as big because now nobody's going to waste their time on a band they're just kind of into when they can find five bands that, like, you know, tickle their balls and lick their ear. Like, it's every aspect of it. Exactly. So, I mean, in porn, particularly as the world keeps changing, there's going to be more and more circumstances that, I mean, I think getting stuck is a universal thing. We never thought. Yeah. Oh, you know what they need to do? I, I, they should make a gay porn of 127 hours. That dude who got his arms stuck. <laughs> and then the big <laughs> finale could be fucking blowing a guy with the hook. Right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so funny, man. It's like, yeah, that is like that's the synchronicity. as the AI just figures out like human beings just love this one genre, this one hyper specific <laughs> fucking porn genre? You're, You're done.
0: Right. I can't wait to see the future of porn. I want to see, like, what's going to be the porn trends when I'm 80.
1: Dude, the problem is the generation after Gen Z is going to be so fucking alt-right because of how at all fucked up everyone's going to be on porn that, that, like, it's going to be banned. It's going to be banned. There's not going to be a future. (laughs) (laughs) These fucking tweens are going to come out like, (laughs) we have to take this away from you, you fucking degenerates. (laughs)
0: I mean, if you ever wandered a 4chan, I mean, that's more yeah. or less, they're, they're, they're doing that, but they're also degenerates. Just a
1: 90-year-old being like, let me tell you about the TikTok death camps. <laughs> like, we're all just <laughs> doing fucking...
0: <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, just lip-syncing their way into forced labor. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. Um, on the train, Kafka thinks miss- about Miss Psyche and everything that has happened to him crow tells him he did the right thing even though he can't escape escape time he has a lot to learn about the world he's still the toughest 15 year old in the world crow tells him to get some sleep and he does the end yeah
1: there you go you made it through man what do you think
0: i made it through i really i i very much enjoyed the journey i even liked how we were dropped into it we found like just enough that we needed to um i wish we had got to see a little bit like they drop in there like oh uh kafka's dad was abusive i wish we could have seen a little bit of that it's like barely hinted at as a matter of fact like johnny walker dies and we don't find his relation until a few chapters later where it's like oh that was kafka's dad what
1: yeah that's kind of confusing too like maybe that i mean but but the johnny walker scene is really abusive and then he dies and then it's somehow kafka's father so maybe that's sort of a hint as to the type of abuse maybe he was just like um
0: well, I mean, he did. It, it's definitely abusive to say like, "Hey, son, how you doing? You're gonna fuck your mom and mother's, your mom and uh, sister <laughs> yeah. someday." What's
1: yeah, your breakfast? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, like what the fuck, dude? Yeah, I don't know. That's such a weird thing. That I don't know. Yeah, you should play. Uh, have you ever heard of uh, What Remains of Edith Finch? No. It's a, video, it's a video game. I highly recommend it. It's like one of those like you just kind of walk through and experience the story, but it involves a similar. It's a similar thing about like a family curse that the. Uh, this grandma keeps pushing this, like, this is a real thing. And uh, at one point the mother, so like the grandmother's daughter is like, Hey, uh, can you fucking stop telling my kids that we're all going to die horribly because of a family fucking curse? Like, can you fucking let that go? Wow. It's it's really interesting, man.
0: Uh, You know what's funny? We had a a second cousin in my family who he wasn't in a Christian cult, but he believes some Christian cult shit. And like when my cousin Ashley was like, it pretty much my cousin Ashley was like eight years old and he asked like oh when's your birthday she's like oh it's it's this date he said like oh that's the day the world's gonna end that's the day jesus is gonna come back and uh you know maybe you'll get raptured away or maybe you have to stay here and fight the devil uh, happy birthday either way <laughs> and then we need to just like billy fucking don't you dumb asshole
1: yeah 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 he's like
0: also the rock's
1: my uncle and i have a playstation six <laughs> <Ooh. right>, very cool <laughs> um
0: i have some uh quotes from the book here they were good uh, and once the storm is over, you won't remember how you made it through, how you managed to survive. You won't even be sure whether the storm is really over. But one thing is certain, when you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. That's what this storm's all about. But There's good lines like this in there, but it doesn't actually like stick with me. I had to go look them up. Like, I can't even tell you what part of the book that's from.
1: No, me either. I, I've heard that quote as well. Because uh, initially, the reason I, I picked up this book in the first place was because of a, uh, I think it was like a TEDx Mm. Uh, like they do these videos on like why you should read certain books. And they use that quote, but I don't remember reading that in the book at all.
0: Yeah. Uh, this one's a short one. If you remember me, then I don't care if everyone else forgets. Nice. Uh, lost opportunities, lost possibilities, feelings we can never get back. That's part of what it means to be alive. But inside our heads, there's a little room where we store those memories. A room like the stacks in this library. And to understand the workings of our own heart, we have to keep on making new reference cards. We have to dust things off every once in a while. Let in fresh air. Change the water and the flower bases. In other words, you'll live forever in your own private library. That's a little jerk-offish.
1: I feel like a lot of these... I don't know if it's the translation, but like I know you fucking can't stand anime. But a lot of these remind me of like the fucking... I, I'm not a big anime guy either, but the fucking like when when a guy is so uh so outmatched, but then somehow the power of friendship fucking yeah. saves him, you know, it's like all right, this is fucking
0: I have tapped into the library within and now yeah. I will fucking electrocute you and <laughs> yeah, dematerialize yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> and my, my, then a, my a,
1: tears a, will revive my teammates or whatever the fuck. Shut up. Yeah.
0: And then a bunch of our twenty-seven-year-old friends clap and continue living in their one-bedroom apartment with eight people (laughs) i love our friends i just want them to be better my goal is i want to i want to start like the philly comedy book club and it's just me abusing people who can't read apparently
1: dude i mean i get like i get it like people have their things like i i i i'm i'm into uh I have a Pokemon Snap is coming tomorrow. I'm going to play Pokemon Snap, but I also understand that I'm 30
0: years old and that's kind of embarrassing, but yeah. I'm still
1: going to do it because I like it, but
0: that, I get it. And get that's it. it. It's just have the decency to feel a little bit bad about yourself. I know yeah. I, I know a it's a cat shame. Leg. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A little shame is good. A little shame is what keeps me from not just like sticking my dick out the window and <laughs> f- seeing what the breeze feels like. I'm sure it'd feel great, but I'm an adult and I can't do that.
1: Right, right,
0: right. Uh, uh, one final quote. Every one of us is losing something precious to us. Lost opportunities, lost possibilities, feelings we can never get back again. That's part of what it means to be alive. Again, this is kind of like, you know, fucking inspirational quotes 101, but yeah. uh, they're nice. They're nice, yeah. So I, I like the story overall. I still think a lot of people compared him to Vonnegut. I feel like Vonnegut is infinitely more quotable, but I, I did like the story.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I think... Vonnegut is also much more um decipherable to be honest with you, more coherent. Uh, mm-hmm. not to say that I because I, I like I said, I, I read um uh fuck like Wind Up Bird chronicle Wind Up Bird Chronicle and uh even I, I think I like that book way more than this one actually. And I and mm-hmm. I felt like the protagonist in that book, I have never identified more with a protagonist in my fucking life, dude. Which I don't know what mm-hmm. that says about me, but that book was uh really interesting. But again, like kind of indecipherable like i i think these books are i think his writing is it there's moments there's scenes that stick with you rather than the overarching story necessarily.
0: right right like in this i will remember uh i will remember the rice bowl hill incident i'll remember the johnny walker scene i'll remember the kafka on the shore song i'll remember nakata talking to the cats but like the overall story like Kafka dicks around the library and then goes to the country yeah. and then fucks his mom and his sister jerks him off like that's i'll remember it but I, i'm not gung-ho about it
1: i don't know where i pulled the the picture of a library in my mind but it's such a unique uh library because it's a it's like not a regular library. it's a weird library isn't it it's like yeah. a random fucking library and like just something so quaint it's a it's, it's a, not
0: about- it, it's not a library per se it's the library of like some rich famous dickhead died and gave us all his books
1: but all of us want to just run away and move to a small town where we get a job immediately Mm -hmm. (laughs) in like a quiet fucking you know
0: no no yeah you you come in you get a job immediately strangers take you in your sister jerks you off you're, you're fine
1: yeah you're just hanging out with your trans buddy he doesn't make a big deal out of it it doesn't fucking matter
0: and that is why the book is fiction i feel like a dickhead i feel like a dickhead i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry but it's i don't know who listens to this podcast That's i hilarious. think they must know i'm a monster by now That's hilarious <laughs> you know what's funny i actually sent a message the other night to um or i better give this some real context uh the first trans person I ever met, I did not get along with very well because um, they, I will say they, cause they were kind of in between when I met them, they were dating a girl that I was in the process of stealing away from them. Mm. And then that girl proceeded to date one of us and then cheat on the other for about six months. And me and this person got very close to murdering each other a few times. Yeah. We buried the hatchet, but that was years ago. And I've been thinking lately, like, you know what? I said some shit. This is over 10 years ago. Like, I said some shit to this person. I want to send them a letter and be like, hey, listen, you and I didn't like each other for very good reasons. But I said some things, especially to hurt you because of that situation, that uh, really weren't cool as far as the trans thing.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? Isn't it crazy how relationships can make you feel that way like you guys thought you hated you probably got if that if that person had not been around you probably would have gotten along just fine (laughs) you know what i mean like
0: yeah it's like we both wanted to fuck the super cute goth chick like why why wouldn't we fight
1: yeah well you know i mean don't yeah don't beat yourself up too much i mean life is about growth Mm -hmm. and changing and we all fucking whatever we're all gonna get can we're all gonna get canceled eventually <laughs> that's why i i
0: just push my shit out to the front dude that fucking yeah. that fucking asshole who tried to cancel me before popped up into my life again this week that fucking you Tell me the, off
1: mic because i don't know who this is oh i'll yeah. tell you
0: remember the fake jewish person that we used to make fun of oh yeah i do yeah that fucking loser poked his head in again <laughs> fuck that guy we You're can we doing we, doing can, we 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 can talk about that off, Mike. It's actually not that right, big. Right. Just fuck that loser. Okay. But yeah, so Kafka
1: on the Shore, man. I wish there was like a better way to just like cap it off, but I feel like you could probably just end your podcast the same way Murakami ends his books, of just being like, "You take what you want from it." <laughs> That's right,
0: <laughs> guys. You take what you want from it. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't have anything. It's it's really hot. I've lost a lot of fluids during Me this too. podcast. Me too. I need I need water. All right, so let's wrap this up. Uh, Seamus, thank you as always for coming on. Thank you for Thanks introducing for me, me to this book. I had yeah, never read Murakami, and I thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: Well, if you ever, if we, if you dip back in, if you do like wind up bird cry or something, let me know, because that shit is fucking, if you just read it in your personal life, let me know, because that shit's crazy.
0: Definitely, yeah, I'll do that, and I'll read it with you. All right, I'm mm-hmm. going to end this podcast like I end every podcast. I'm going to stop recording, but you and I can keep talking for a second. Cool. See you. All right, so about this asshole fake Jewish piece of shit.